It is indeed, and uh, 15 minutes it is before 9 p.m. Uh, that there, uh, the voice of uh, my next guest, uh, Dr. Melissa Tandwe Miyambo, uh, joined us uh, for a conversation that we had around uh, inequality. And uh, uh, she's now going to join us for a conversation about uh, U.S. Africa relations. Now, you might be familiar with um, businessmen and our national breadwinner, as I said earlier on in the week, Patrice Mutsepe, uh, telling U.S. President Donald Trump that Africa loves him. And uh, he later apologized for those remarks, came back and said, uh, guys, you know, it, um, it was said in the context of um, a growing perception in political and business circles in the U.S. that many African states are anti the U.S. and uh, South Africa uh, in particular is seen as anti the U.S. And uh, yeah, it uh, certainly makes one think about uh, 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 the current uh, hearings that are underway looking at uh, some of our copyright legislation and whether or not that uh, means we should be chucked out of a goa. And no better play- person to speak to about this particular issue than somebody who, at the moment, is in the United States, and uh, that is uh, Dr. Melissa Tandiwemiyambo. Doc, what are you doing in the States? <laughs> maybe, good maybe morning, good afternoon, good, good evening. Good I'm evening. in the afternoon. Good, good afternoon, <laughs> yes. That might be a good Thank place you. to start. Uh, how, are, how are you keeping? I'm well, thanks. How have you been? No, no, I'm fine, but I'm very cold. Uh, I'm actually in a terribly cold place called Iowa. Ooh. It's like some place in the middle of the U.S., okay. and it's snowing a lot, and it's snowing right now, actually, and uh, it's below zero degrees. So, <laughs> Yo, I can't even imagine that. I, I mean, I can't. Yeah. yeah I'm sitting here. No, no, like, don't imagine. Mm. It's, it's really terrible. Everything is white. I'm looking out the window. Everything is white with snow. But let me tell you why I'm here. I'm actually here because, uh, as you were going to talk about, uh, Donald Trump is very yes. bad, not only for the United States. Uh, his domestic policy is animated by xenophobia, extreme racism. Uh, nativism, even though this country, he's, they, he basically pretends that the white people are natives of this country, but of course we know that Native Americans Imagine. are the natives of this country, mm. whose land has been stolen and never returned. So he is a very terrible, malignant presence on the world stage, and he's also bad for Africa, as we're going to discuss. Mm. So I'm here because this funny electoral system in the U.S. is, is very confusing, but um, Iowa, Iowa, the state of Iowa, is the, is the first that's going to start deciding who will be the Democratic presidential candidate who will run against Donald Trump in November. Mm. So because Iowa is so important, let me tell you, there's nothing that can bring me to snow and ice in, in the middle of, of a... I've literally never been to this place in my life before, but uh, I'm here volunteering with the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign because for me, I think Bernie Sanders, if he becomes the candidate... Mm for the Democratic Party to take on Donald Trump, I think he's got the best chance of winning because I think that despite what Mr. Mutsebe had to say, I think most Africans understand that Donald Trump is a racist Mm. and his policy is extremely damaging for people of color, uh, Muslim people, poor people, both in the U.S. and around the world. I mean, he's certainly been busy. Um, And and there's a few things I want us to talk about. Uh, Even before we get, uh, I guess, to maybe a conversation between uh, about U.S.-Africa relations, which I also think is a very, a bit of a misnomer here that, uh, you know, but uh, let's work with that for a second. But firstly, before we do that, let's talk about what's happening in the Middle East and, uh, you know, that, uh, what I must say, sham of a peace deal uh, that was negotiated between Netanyahu and, uh, you know, Trump 
and uh, nobody else, but that that is certainly said to affect the lives, if it, indeed it does come to pass, uh, that is said to affect the lives of many Palestinians who certainly haven't been party to any of these negotiations and uh, certainly flatly rejected. Absolutely. That was a nonsense. I mean, that was just more rubbish, frankly. You cannot, you, first of all, Trump was calling a deal of the century. You can't have a deal of the century if the other partner in the deal is not even present to negotiate with you. Nice. So the fact is that in the White House uh, um, uh, West Wing or wherever he, he announced that, there were not even any Palestinians there. There were only Israelis. So, of course, it was not a deal. But that is how Trump operates. I mean, he is really a con man. So he always... <laughs> Just he just is a he just is a brand manager. So he will brand something, whatever he wants to say. The greatest deal of the century. He's the best president ever. His phone call with Ukraine was a perfect call. You know he's got many branding strategies. But the point is, as soon as you just scratch the surface, you see that that is nonsense. But right now he's trying to expand his Muslim ban, and you know so he had the Muslim ban, which was very racist. Then he amended it to include other countries, basically banning people from certain countries coming to the U.S. But right now, he's threatening to expand it to include the African countries of Eritrea, Sudan, Tanzania, and Nigeria. Mm. So you see, if, if he expands that travel ban, that is going to be very bad for U.S.-Africa relations. Because, of course, many people are coming to the U.S., and, of course, there's, there's a foreign direct investment from the U.S. to many African countries. There are commercial relations. There are aid relations. There are military relations, some of which we can definitely criticize. I'm not saying they're all perfect. Uh. But the problem with Trump is that he does not think about consequences. He just, you know, and he likes to, he, he, he's thinking of trying to expand his band so he can tell his base that, oh, I'm stopping Africans coming now to mm. U.S. I'm already trying to stop Muslims. I'm trying to stop also, again, uh, people uh, from Spanish language countries yeah. and now expanding that, you know. So uh, that's what I'm saying, that his policy sure. is very motivated by xenophobia. Sure. Melissa, I want us to pause here for a second. Uh, I want to take a quick spot break. When we come back, I want us to take a look at what's happening now with the U.S. Trade Representative and that uh, review that's underway. Uh, in relation to South Africa. Seven minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned into a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. We're under the microscope, and uh, this evening we're taking a look at uh, the uh, US Africa uh, relations uh, more broadly, I guess, in light of uh, the uh, remarks made by the national breadwinner there, uh, Patrice Mutsepe, uh, and uh, confessing his undying love and that of the African people uh, for Donald Trump. And I'm joined on the line uh, by. Um, uh, Dr. Tandiwe uh, Melissa Miambo, and uh, she is joining us. Uh, she's from the Center for Indian Studies in Africa at WITS, but she's joining us from Iowa in the uh, uh, United States of America, uh, where she, we understand, is uh, helping out on the Bernie Sanders campaign and uh, certainly uh, one of uh, the uh, self-confessed socialists there uh, in uh, American politics and certainly somebody who has a very different uh, uh, political worldview to that of uh, many Republicans who have rallied around uh, Donald Trump. And, uh, uh, Doc, I want us to take a look at... Um, I guess uh, uh, maybe South Africa-U.S. relations of late. I mean, uh, we saw in 2015 when we wanted to uh, publish uh, amendments to uh, the uh, legislation uh, regulating the private security industry, how uh, a lot of uh, uh, the big security lobby in the U.S. pushed back. And it seems now that many of the studios in similar vein are doing the same thing uh, through the IIPA when it comes to the Copyright Amendment Bill, notwithstanding, of course, uh, whatever limitations, shortcomings and problems there might be in the process and even the content of the bill itself. But uh, one would see this certainly as a show of force by uh, many of the large studios and owners of copyright in the U.S. Yeah, 
Yes, indeed. Uh, but I would say that uh, this this review process, which I believe is supposed to begin tomorrow, uh, is again just part of the Trump administration's um, attempt to be a very protectionist mm. and it's part of their nativist xenophobic policy to say that we're protecting U.S. markets against China or against other imagined foes. But, you know, we must remember that the U.S. also is quite an aggressive imperialistic nation <laughs> in many ways. So uh, I wouldn't... I, I don't put too much credence into this, and and I'm hoping that it uh, that whatever changes are going to be made are going to be very fair to South Africa because I think it could be very damaging to South African economy essentially. Mm-hmm. And what do you make? I mean, the DTI has come out and they said they're going to send their own representations to the process, but um, suggesting to their you know uh, the DTI here to their U.S. counterparts, the trade the office of the trade representative, that uh, this kind of review. Um, you know, might be quite alarmist and maybe slightly premature. I yes, I mean it could be, it could be, but uh, this is an impulsive administration that does not really, as I said before, think through the consequences of its actions. So I think that it puts um, any other party that's dealing with it in a very difficult position. And as you can see, the Trump administration both doesn't care about Africa uh, in a certain way. I mean, mm. I really think that, as we know, Trump famously called Africa as whole countries, right? Mm. Or but even Nambia, also, you know? I mean, the, the yes, Colombia. or Nambia, <laughs> where there's Kofefe, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, so, you know, it's a difficult situation, but, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that he is willing to use um, Africa and African people as, um, as a ploy, as tokens to... to Further, his own agenda with his own very uh, his own base, you know, who responds well to to anti-African or anti-black or or as I said, anti-Muslim, etc. Actions. So I think it's it's difficult. I, I you know he's a hard because he's so impulsive, and unfortunately now his administration has also become very reactive, and they also follow suit according to his personality. You know, he just tweets some nonsense and he makes policy by tweet, and then everybody has to run around try to go with it. Mm. I, I really have to say that the party negotiating with his administration is in a very tough position sure, because sure. they won't know what to do. And I guess the, the, the other dimension is uh, probably from your perspective and where you're sitting now uh, in the campaign where you're lending uh, support uh, to and uh, maybe a, a bit more of a progressive candidate there in the form of Bernie Sanders. But when we look at you know the real utter destruction, I guess, of uh, or even undermining by the U.S. of global trade system and uh, even multilateralism and, uh, you know, a global uh, international governance as a mechanism, which uh, was certainly a big chunk of uh, uh, the armor of the Democratic Party in the United States. Um, with what's happening in the world now and, uh, the, I guess, the state of play when it comes to globalization, from an international perspective and even an Africa perspective, well, what then becomes the playbook of the Democratic Party and in particular of Bernie Sanders? Uh, you know, it's, that's a very good question, and it's a very complicated question, and it's because the situation is complicated. And I think what we've seen with these multilateral agreements and international trade and uh, what we call globalization, one of the problems of it is that it has created winners and losers, and many of the losers are, are you know, uh, working-class people, middle-class people, working families. And so I think that um, going forward, uh, you know, some people become very rich 
uh, off of globalization, and some people have been impoverished. Mm. And so I think that wh- whoever becomes the next president, and God willing, it w- won't be Donald Trump, but whoever becomes the next president will actually um, have to try to make uh, multilateral trade deals, which, as you, but, you know, we have to say that they have good effects also. Uh, we'll have to make trade deals that can benefit everybody and not just a few. And so, uh, you know, so I think that it's a, it's a very nuanced project. Mm. But definitely what, what has happened in the 1990s, you know, with these um, NAFTAs and even the European Union had had many good uh, effects for many people. But unfortunately, some people in Britain, for example, felt very, quote unquote, left behind by what was happening. And, you know, in South Africa, we're also struggling with what should we, what, what position should we take within this globalized economy? Where should mm. we try to pitch our economic goals because, you know, do we want to just have a whole bunch of factories that make uh, cheap goods for, for U.S. and, and uh, European consumers, like how, what China did, you know, earlier on, or should we try to go into the tech sector, which actually South Africa is not really pushing that enough at all. But, you know, it's, it's difficult um, to figure out. So I think that the point is that uh, what these Brexits and even the election of Donald Trump and the rise of xenophobia and uh, in the world, what they also show us is that these multinational trade deals have not been working for everybody. Mm. So while we we should try to aim to keep the good, you know, the, the good, we should try to aim to keep the good, but we must also address what was really wrong about them for many of people. Okay. And uh, Doc, wish you all the best uh, in that campaign and, uh, of course, uh, sending you all of the warmth there in uh, ice-cold Iowa. And uh, thank you very much <laughs> for taking time out to speak to us this evening. I look forward to seeing you, Mr. Kawai. I look forward to seeing you when I come back to South Africa and get out of this cold weather. I'll be back soon. <laughs> awesome stuff. And uh, you'll come back and tell us all about your travels there uh, in the United States of America. Dr. Melissa Tandu Miambo from the Center for Indian Studies in Africa at the University of the Vidvatasran, speaking to us uh, this evening from Iowa in the United States and reflecting on, uh, I guess, some of the latest developments when it comes to uh, the relations between Donald Trump and, uh, I guess, anywhere else in the world, not just here on the continent of Africa. That's where we're going to have to leave it. The man with the music's already here. It's a little after 9 p.m. And uh, I wish you a great evening and take strength, my Africa. Africa. Africa.